This is episode number 109 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, we talked to Zach Bolin again. He's been on the podcast multiple times with a bunch of our contributors, and it's always just a fun conversation. So we're going to jump straight in with episode 109 of the Church Collective Podcast. Yeah, the record is out today, which is kind of really hard to believe because (laughs) whenever you've worked on something for a long time, you know, it's you have a particular emotional connection to it, but not everyone else does yet. And so far, though, it's been really cool to see people connecting to it emotionally in different ways because um, I think it's just, and I I suspected this when we were writing it just because I was personally experiencing this, but I suspected that a lot of people were going to relate with this record because it's singing about things that we've heard a lot in sermons, read a lot in books, or had a lot of conversations about or actually, I would say that we haven't had enough conversations about it. I'd say that's the one part that's lacking. Hmm. And so I kind of assumed that, you know, that this record would, would speak to people in different ways because it's dealing with things that we often kind of treat as taboo in the church. Sure. Um, when in fact we have like the Bible that validates so many of the different emotions that we experience in life. Yet for some reason we just try and, I don't know. Um, uh, sanitize everything and so it's been really encouraging so far to see people just really excited about the record but in a different type of way because our past records have been a bit more um, I don't know I mean our last record was called Join the Triumph so right. <laughs> it, it kind of uh, insinuated uh, a bit of excitement and this record really is just it's it's way different than that it's not that there isn't moments of that but it just has a, a more uh, it just there's a different arc to it than the past. And so I think people are kind of jumping on on different songs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really is like a start to finish type record. I think that that's the way it's meant to be listened to. And so it's cool that people are listening through the whole record and then finding those songs that really speak to them too. Sure. And that's, that's pretty, been pretty cool to, to kind of just see people tweeting and talking about it. Right. Did you strike out uh, when, when you began the process for this, did you have a sense that it was going to be, you know, a different direction than join the triumph? Absolutely. And I, I think a lot of that too is that, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't know this because they weren't, you know, necessarily in the midst of all of it. But when we were, when we, when I resigned from Mars Hill, the record was done. And then I, um, we actually, you know, the church, after a long sort of process, they eventually like sold us the record hmm. um, and we were able to buy it from them. And one of the things, probably my biggest regret in that whole process is that I think the record's great. But I do think also that um, the timing of it was a little bit odd sure. because um, we released it and then a few weeks later, Marcel closed its doors. Right. And so it was almost like releasing a wedding album during a funeral. Sure. Um, and so I feel like since that time, we've been in that sort of coming out of the funeral mode. For a while, we've been out of the funeral mode. But, sure. but just with a more, um, I don't know, just a more realistic view of just everything that we're experiencing and feeling and just with our church, you know, like we started as a church band. We're not really a church band anymore. And the reason I said this is because we're not a part of the same church. Sure. Um, we're all a part of different churches. And so it's difficult to just write sweeping songs that um, are going to be really easy for the church to sing. Mm. Uh, like, whereas before we would, we, we were writing songs together at the church that we were part of and we knew the people that would be singing those songs. Mm. And for us, it just didn't feel very natural for us to just write a bunch of corporate worship songs when we're all a part of different churches and we knew that 
one song that we write would not probably work at all five of those or four of those different churches. And so, um, so yeah, I think that we knew pretty early on that this record was going to be different. And then as we got deeper into the writing process, it really started to come together. And we were, I think um, this is probably the most, this, this is the most, uh, collaborative record that we've done as far as everybody contributing a really significant part. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I think that that's pretty reflective of, of probably where we'll, we'll do, we'll head more in the, in the future. It's not saying we won't, there won't be elements of the things that we've done in the past. It's just that, you know, we've, you know, things have changed so much for us that we, uh, we still love the same things that we love. We love the church and we love writing songs that speak to people. And mm-hmm. I think that probably the, the priority for us is more writing music that speaks to people and um, is a benefit both to the church, but also, you know, to people and friends specifically that I know that, you know, don't know God or are struggling through it and wanted to write stuff that actually was, you know, maybe conversational and would be encouraging to them. And so far, I mean, I got a text message from a friend this morning, you know, he's not a Christian, but he's just like, man, I love this record. So I think that to me is, uh, that's really what we're, we're about with, with this with this band and and I think um, you know with this record especially sure could you you speak a little bit too I'm sure you've got a lot of thoughts on but the difference between say like this new album someone may at first glance be like well this isn't really a worship album and kind of like categorize sure. stuff that way could you talk a little bit on how you see worship through this even though it may not necessarily be like a corporate go do this in my church this weekend song totally man I mean I, I still think it is one you mm-hmm. know and I just think it's, I think, so one of the things that really struck me is when we uh, left Mars Hill, my family and I started looking for a church to go to, sure. and we eventually wound up at a church where uh, it was quickly apparent that um, <laughs> most of the citizen songs that we had, they just probably wouldn't work at mm. this church. <laughs> sure. And I know a lot of people, I've actually, you know, I know I've talked to Miles before about this too, you right. know, different churches not every church can play every song that we've written or i remember him talking about sweetness of freedom and doing a different arrangement of that song or you know and and i really love that and and our church has done some of that but for the most part the one we've been a part of the past two years it's just you know it's harder for me to see all of the older songs working there and so i think that what i just realized was that um especially for me you know, the Psalms have always just played a huge part in my faith and also just songs in general. Mm. Um, and just realizing that, um, you know, we, um, we have a really great opportunity with art in particular with music to be able to write things that really speak to people in ways that, you know, a general broad, him or corporate song may not always hit it might do it generally but it doesn't always do it specifically and i just we just felt like it'd be really nice to write a worship record if you will mm. um a gospel song record that is more personal yeah and more reflective and more um just kind of honest about where we are personally because i just really felt like that was going to speak to people sure. um, in, a, in a special way, just like our other stuff has. But this is like, and I even put this out a little while ago online, was that it's not that we weren't being honest on our previous, previous records. We certainly were. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're writing a song like Made Alive, it's personal, but it's also, you know, it was, we were writing, it was like a different type of song. We were writing a song that was just basically declaring the gospel and truth. And sure. it's, you know, it's it's really about like sharing that information with people and then letting the Holy Spirit do the work of, making that information 
go from being just words and actually being words that bring life right. uh, and and truth into their into their soul. Whereas with these songs, it's not that those same things don't apply. It's just that it's just from a a, a different perspective. It's more this is what God has been showing me. This, sure. this is the this is the way the word has influenced these things, hmm. and this is the way certain circumstances have influenced these things, and that kind of shows up, I think, throughout a lot of the different songs in the record. Sure. So maybe the question too then would be why why is it do you think most of our you know the worship leaders that are listening to this why how can we encourage them to not maybe keep track of just all of the you know super up tempo high energy everything's great songs and like how do you pack in like the the realities of all the emotions like you said throughout the psalms and throughout the bible like how do you how do you work that into a worship service yeah i think that you know it's interesting that uh when you really think about like the way that um we as a church function sometimes i think that oftentimes we live sort of we sort of like move on from the cross Hmm. And uh, we just immediately jump to the resurrection, which is a great, beautiful thing, right? But at the same time, um, the cross is still really significant in our lives. <laughs> hmm. uh, we're, you know, Jesus is calling us to, you know, to bear this this cross along with, him, that, uh, where we're dying to ourselves daily, and we're dying to desires and passions, and and we're doing that with the help of the Holy Spirit. And I think what when we do that, what we're really doing is we're 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 not. That doesn't mean that we become like uh, immune, or um, would be the word. Uh, it's not like we just become completely uh, like like the the effects of this world don't um, don't bother us anymore. It's the opposite. It's like we become more human because mm-hmm. we really see who we are, you know. Sure. And we don't see ourselves as capable of. You know, saving ourselves or fixing ourselves, but we know we 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 recognize our neediness, and when we really are truly recognizing our neediness, we see, wow, okay, yeah, I it's because I'm a Christian. It's not that I all of a sudden can't relate to the world. It's actually that I can relate even I can relate even more because I can go I can sit with people that are looking around this world and seeing pain or seeing things that are affecting them experiencing things directly that is is really traumatic or um, really hard and I can sit with them and be a friend and be a listener and trust the Holy Spirit to be an encouragement in those times and knowing that um, I think that it's we just sometimes like to jump immediately to you know, well, you know, we can celebrate because even though you have pain now, that pain's going to be gone one day. And it's like, right. that's true. That is true. That's very true. But that can be a little insensitive because everyone doesn't process through that stuff the same way that you do or I do, you know? And so I, I realized that even um, that sometimes I, uh, even with a lot of the, our earlier stuff, there's a lot of, I think, I know for me personally, and I think a lot of people realize this, our earlier stuff isn't all like that. You know, there's a lot of, you know, sure. I'm living in the land of death and there's a lot of variety there. And we definitely felt that. But I also think for me personally as a worship leader, I sometimes think I help to perpetuate a culture of just sort of being this worship monkey, <laughs> if you will. Right. Someone is just jumping around on stage and, and trying to hype people up. And it's like, good grief, man. Right. Like, do we have, do I, and for me, the question I have is, do I even trust and believe in the Holy Spirit? 
You know, do I even believe that he leads us? Hmm. And that's, I think, part of it too for me is like, I think it's semantics in a way, but I, I like to think, I don't like to think of, you know, all, all the time as like worship leader because when you really get down to it, um, we all worship and we do, you know, in some ways, I, I think that like we do lead each other and worship, but it seems like more often than not, we're leading people, each other in the worship of something other than God. Mm. <laughs> and that's where like God comes in and he changes us and he's like at work in us and he's like leading us and we're participating together. Mm. And so I think that that's another component for me that I really think about a lot with um, in regards to just dealing with some of the things that are a little bit like just even just our liturgy and our experiences together that in a corporate setting is that I think that there's a lot of variety and we shouldn't be insensitive to the fact that people come in every single week. Not all, they're not all depressed and down, but some people are and not everybody's joyful, (laughs) but uh, some people are. And so I think it just shows the humanity and that's our, the, the beauty that we get through music is to literally tap into like our own human nature and that we really, we feel things and we should, we should, we should praise God for that. <laughs> right. Like, I, I just don't want to be a robot. I don't want to not feel stuff. I want to feel. Like, if I'm going to be on this earth, I want to feel stuff. And when you read the Psalms, like, like it's, you know, it's not just David. You know, there's other, you know, Psalms that, that speak of just feeling, um, this feeling of uh, loneliness, or this feeling of, of, you know, of abandonment by God. But, you know, then there's this process of recognizing, God, you're here. And this is just sort of the the divide that perhaps exists between my mind and yours is that I'm only capable of comprehending so much. And so it kind of gives us the faith to be- to believe in the mystery, too. Hmm. That's some heavy stuff. Like, so I'm thinking, <laughs> that's great. Like, I'm trying to, like, think, like, so, I mean, I, I feel like that, too. Like, I'm a week-to-week worship pastor as well, and I get up there and... Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to um, not judge ourselves on the responses that we get from the from the congregation, from the people out there. Um, but but do you have any suggestions? Any practical? Like you you lead people in worship. You you do music with them. You know a lot. Like how how do you get your your head in the right space for that? Like to really um, connect people with God, but not necessarily feel like you're hanging yourself on whether or not they sing or shout or raise their hand. Yeah. They're looking for some kind of metric like that. I think you just have to throw out, uh, <laughs> and maybe it's because I was a part of a lot of bigger churches. I worked at three different mega churches. And sure. For me personally coming out of it all. And I, and I think I've seen that the most in the mega church. Hmm. Um, and I, and I think anyone who's listening or anyone that's a part of a mega church, I think can relate in this way in some ways that, um, there are a lot of really wonderful things and that God has done through big churches, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, one of the things that I saw, though, was that you eventually start creating certain standards. You know, you have a really great Sunday where everybody sang, and it's because, you know, you you did this call and you exhorted the congregation and they clapped or they sang or they shouted or whatever it was. And it just becomes, it was such a special moment that it's like we want to relive that every single week. Hmm. And we just get fatigue and we get really burned out on on trying to like kind of I don't know you know satisfy that drug of or that feeling that itch of wanting things to be like that every time and it's like that's a good desire that's a, why shouldn't we desire that right why yeah. shouldn't we desire that people would rejoice in the lord um uh but at the same time you know it's just not 
not always how it's going to work. You know, you can't create those moments. So I think it's the biggest thing I, I've personally learned and been convicted of. I can only really speak to myself is that I tend to not trust God enough um, when I'm leading to be the one who's leading. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and remembering like okay i'm just uh, a participator and i'm um i'm not you know it's not saying that there isn't leading happening there is i mean we're leading people in singing just like in you know in, in a sermon there's someone preaching and speaking but ultimately for those things to really take root it's, it's something about the power of the holy spirit to really make it come to life in us and give us fresh eyes to see maybe in a way that we haven't before. And so I, I think that's the balance of like exhorting the congregation with the Bible, um, but also trusting that like, you don't have to like exhaust yourself (laughs) by shouting or clapping a ton or screaming a ton to get people to do that. I think it's also different too. I mean, our, our, like the way our band started though, like at the church that we were part of, like we had an eight o'clock service, 8 PM service every week with college students. And they were just always filled with so much enthusiasm and so much excitement that it just was easy to, to it was a really easy thing to um, just say, hey, let's, you know, let's clap our hands or let's, you know, shout. I, I barely even had to give direction because they just were, that was a really special way that they connected. Hmm. Um, but that wasn't the same thing for our 9 a.m. service. Sure. <laughs> See, a lot of times we try and make the eight the 9 a.m. be like the 8 p.m. And, it was, and then you all of a sudden, this it started becoming this thing where, and one of the pastors called us out on this. Was that? Oh, it sounds like what you're saying is the 8 p.m. service worships is like a worship service, and the 9 a.m. service is just a, it's just sort of like a, a boring bland. It's like dead. Right. It's like, whoa, gosh, <laughs> that's crazy. You know. Hmm. But I think it's something that we have to remember. Like we can't just assume that a successful. Oh, I hate using that word, but that a um, a fruitful Sunday is because everybody was excited. Sure. Man, what's uh, what's the Lord been teaching you lately? Like, what are you reading? What are you? Yeah, where are you guys at? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing that God has been teaching me is that people are not projects. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, God has called us to be um, in this world as believers and people who have been redeemed and have knowledge of His love and His grace, and that I have. Um, the privilege to get to know my neighbors and people in my neighborhood and city that that don't know God, not see them as a project, not see them as somebody I need to I need to save, but rather like actually pursue them in friendship, hmm. trust that God will provide opportunities to um, to talk. And it's been pretty incredible. I mean, even the friend I shared about earlier, you know, it's like I didn't He's initiated. He's he has personally initiated every conversation about God. Sure. He knows I'm a Christian. He knows about our band. But I just realized, like, I, I need to trust God in those things too. You know, um, and so I think that's been a really big thing to see people as people, <laughs> right? Not as projects that I need to fix or as another notch on the belt, but sure. rather enjoy those friendships and and really just believe that God is capable of providing like really. Um, special conversations and that. And I think the other thing too is just, um, this is probably more a newer thing, but something I'm realizing, and I I think a lot of people are feeling this, and even at our church, we're beginning to talk about this more, and that's just the idea of slowing down. Hmm. We're just in a culture that's constantly moving and constantly um, 
you know, it's like we don't have time for each other anymore. Right. And, uh, you know, we, 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 you know, flood our schedules with plenty of time on our phones or whatever. And I'm, I'm guilty of this. I'm talking about myself here sure. and just realizing like, you know, I want to teach my kids what it looks like to actually like <laughs> enjoy each day that God has given us and also um, make the most of each day. And I think the way that we do that mostly from what I've seen, despite your personality tendencies um, is to be with people. And so that's something that my wife and I are really trying to, to do is just slow down and make time to, to be with other people, friends, you know, for, we don't have family in Seattle, but people that are like friends, you know, family. Sure. Um, and I think all that stuff for us just comes from, um, you know, God just teaching us through his word, um, you know, in particular, um, just being reminded of um, the fellowship that we have as brothers and sisters through Jesus and through the fact that um, apart from him, um, that that doesn't exist. Like we, we might have it as image bearers, but not truly as brothers and sisters. And so we have that now. And so we really want to also enjoy the community that God has given us in the church too. And sure. so that's been another thing for us. That's good stuff. How can um, our community? Be, yeah, excuse me. How can our community be praying for you guys as this album's coming out and you're touring and all that? Yeah, I mean, pray that pray that this record would be an encouragement to people. Um, you know, we. We, you know, we're, we're, you know, there's probably a point in time when we really cared about how many records we sell or whatever, but we don't care about that anymore. I mean, for us, like this record, the thing that matters most to us is that as many people as possible could have the opportunity to listen to it. Cause I really truly believe that there's something on this record that will, uh, that will really speak to people. And so, um, I, I think that's what you can be praying for is that it would just that people would feel encouraged to share it and encouraged to talk about it and uh, um, maybe encouraged too to talk about some of the content that's on the record, like doubt and uh, unbelief and feel okay right. <laughs> sharing that and, uh, and loving gracious communities. And um, I, I hope that, you know, this album isn't the only thing. I mean, there's been so many people. I mean, the reason this album even exists is because of other people who are so encouraging to us. So I feel like we're just kind of contributing to an already um, growing culture that's right. trying to embrace those who are struggling through different things. And so I, I hope that this record will be that, um, it will be helpful in some way um, in just encouraging people toward talking about, you know, the different things that they're, they're feeling and experiencing. Sure. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. As always, if you could head over to thechurchcollective.com, hit that contact form, get connected with us. We want to connect with you. We want to connect you with others. God bless you today.